Amen and good morning again. Happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Sunday. This is, uh, you know, one of the two big days. Uh, every day is a big day in the life of a Christian, but uh, Easter and Christmas seem to have a little extra special. That's why I wore a nice tie today. Um, and we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, if, if uh, you're here and you're with family today, uh, we're thankful you're here. Uh, we know Easter uh, brings families together. And so we've uh, hopefully uh, going to give you a little extra something special to remember this day by. After the service, if you have time, we have a photo booth, actually three photo booths uh, in our fellowship hall. One uh, has a resurrection theme. One has a very kid-friendly theme. And one is a springtime theme. And so you can t- do one, do them all, whatever you'd like. Uh, get a friend to take the photo for you or uh, take a selfie, whatever you'd like. But we uh, want to enjoy this day together with family, so we're glad you're here uh, to be a part of that. Uh, I want to share with you some things as we think about who we are as First Baptist uh, as we move into this season of kind of mid-April through the end of May. Uh, our church is committed to creating disciple-making missionaries uh, who, who love our neighbors, who, who want to have strong families, and who help transform our community, to bless our city and to bless those who are a part of our city. And over the next uh, six or eight weeks uh, on our campus, some have already happened and some will continue to happen, uh, we're able to open our doors to a number of uh, school banquets, uh, a lot of things happening, some community events, uh, honors luncheon through the Chamber of Commerce, and, and uh, that doesn't happen without your faithfulness and your generosity and your commitment to say uh, yes to Jesus and, and yes to people that we can use our property, our facilities to bless others and, and to bless the community. And so I'm grateful for that and, and want to encourage you uh, with that today that we uh, are all about uh, being a disciple-making missionary who help transform, the go- transform our community with the gospel to be a blessing to others. So as you think about this week, and coming out of Easter weekend, how can you be a blessing uh, to someone else? And and so that's going to lead us into this morning. Uh, You might guess uh, what we're going to talk about today. Uh, It's pretty simple today, but have you ever done something that you've never done before? So so think about that for a second. Uh, When's the last time I've done something that I've never done before? Maybe you took a trip, Maybe you made an A on a paper. I I don't know uh, what it might be. Uh, Something that that may have seemed impossible, uh, but, but you did it. Well, I want to talk about some of those things this morning, something that's never been done before, seemingly impossible. Now, I don't know how many cheerleaders and drill team people in the room, uh, but there's a man uh, named Dinesh who a few years ago did 21 backwards somersaults in a row in less than a minute. Okay, so let's process that. All you acrobatic types, you're like, man, no big deal. I could do that. But he did it in Guinness World Record fashion by being blindfolded. 21 backward somersaults blindfolded in less than a minute. I can't do one without blindfolds. Never been done before. Now, teenage boys, listen to this one. As of 2019, there was a man named Donald who had eaten 28,788 Big Macs over his lifetime. It's a miracle he's living. 
but never been done. If, if you're a quick math major, that's 14 Big Macs a week. Never been done and should never be done again. Some things should not be repeated. But this is the one never been done before that baffles me the most for a number of reasons. A man named Thomas Blackthorne lifted 27 pounds for five seconds using only his tongue. He pierced his tongue and put four hooks on his tongue and they put the weight on his tongue that only his tongue was holding that 27 pounds. Never been done before. Who would even think to do that? Now that's part of the issue here. When we've done something we've never done before, who would have thought of that? Why would you do that kind of thing? What, what possessed you to think that was a grand idea just to get your name in the record books? But there's all kinds of those things that have never been done before. Crazy, weird, never seen prior to, and perhaps not repeated again. But today is a reminder to all of us that God is in the business of, com of accomplishing things that have never been done before. And so if you're here today and you believe or maybe even you doubt that God exists, that if God is who he says he is, it should be natural for us. It should come without saying that God would do things that are beyond natural and human idea. If God does exist, he would do things that perhaps have never been done or seen before because that's what a creator, a God, would do. And then he would use those never-before-seen events for his purpose and his glory. And perhaps the greatest display of this never-been-seen-before is the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who we'll look at today. But before we get to that, in Luke 24, if you've got a Bible, you can begin to turn there in Luke 24. But I want you to put yourself back in the first century. Put, put yourself on Friday morning of the first century there at the cross of Jesus. On Friday... We watched mostly from a distance, right? Everyone was far away except for Jesus' mom. Everyone had kind of bailed on him, and so we're all watching from a distance Jesus endure the most horrific death known to man, crucifixion. And with his death, our goals our dreams, our pursuits died. Because we had given ourselves, we had given our lives to this man and his goal of seeing the world radically changed. To usher in a new kingdom. And so our best friend, our leader, 
The one we had put our hope in is on the cross, bloodied and beaten and dying. And we're watching from hundreds of yards away in full despair, full of grief, struggling to to make sense of all of this. And then Friday night goes by, Saturday night goes by, and on this Sunday morning, the resurrection in dramatic fashion throws all of that out the window and gives us a new reason to be excited, to to experience and to understand the glory and the power of God. Now, it's hard for us sometimes to, to put ourselves in the grief part of that. To to know what it was like to stand there at the cross and watch our friend and leader die. But we can all experience the glory of his resurrection. We can all experience that. Because the entirety of Christianity hinges on this one event. Because if this event is untrue, at least I got dressed up for nothing. And this tie is nice. But if it's untrue, then we came here for nothing. And so let's be reminded of how God changed the trajectory of your life and mine through the power of the resurrection. Look at Luke 24 with me. Verse 1 says this, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. Wouldn't that be cool to wear dazzling apparel? I I want some of that. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground... The men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the son of man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. But they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven And to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. History's worst Sabbath day, history's worst Friday was over. Sundown on Friday and Saturday brought an opportunity for these women to go and sort of complete or continue their grieving process, which was to put spices on the body as an act of preservation 
that they, they could go and care for the one who they'd put their trust and their hope in. And so they hurried to the tomb, and when they got there, when they got to that tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, a borrowed tomb of a wealthy man who had donated his tomb to Jesus. One of the few times in scriptures outside of his birth that we see Jesus actually honored. But he was honored at his death by this wealthy man. And they get there, and the tomb, the stone has been rolled away. There was no one inside. Now, this is an important feature because in that culture, uh, women uh, didn't have equal status. And Jesus, don't miss this, Jesus, his resurrection was first known by women. Jesus did more in his culture to elevate the status of women than anybody else. And here they are, these women, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and then Mary, the mother of James. That's James the Lesser. If you watch The Chosen, the guy with the limp, uh, that's him. You should watch The Chosen. Um, that's a, all for free today. But that's who's there. And, and, and here they are, these women. The stone was rolled away. No one should have rolled the stone away. And the tomb was empty. How could that be? What's just happened? Not this. Because you and I, we know better. Like we know Jesus has risen, right? We get it. But in the moment, put yourselves there. You walk up to the tomb of your friend who's died and buried. And in our case, like the grave, the dirt's all gone, and there's nothing inside the coffin. Like that, that's crazy for us. We would be like, what in the world is happening? I, I can't take another bit of bad news. I, I'm finished. You ever been there? Like, I can't take another piece of bad news. Like, we, we've all been there. Where it just like hit after hit after hit, and that's where these women are experiencing in this split second, they're like, no, not again. At a certain point, you're like, peace out, I'm done. Like, I, I'm going to go bury my head in the sand and just the world can go on and I'll just hang out in my room and, you know, watch YouTube videos and eat Cheetos, right? That, that's kind of where they are here. I, I think about this past week, I was watching... I rarely watch the news, so it was maybe God-ordained here. There's this Marine veteran here in Houston. He had served uh, overseas, several tours. Um, he comes back to Houston. He moves into an apartment. And after he moves into an apartment, he walks out of his apartment one day, and he gets shot nine times in front of his apartment. It's on video. It's crazy. He loses his spleen. Most of his colon is gone. His holes all in his stomach. It's so bad that his teeth rot out from the stomach acid from all the internal damage that he's had. So one of the news reporters, uh, after all this happened, finds him some new teeth, gets him into a dentist, ortho, ortho, uh, ortho, ortho, I want to say orthopedic, an orthodontist, gets him some new teeth. He's all good. And then just a few weeks ago, he is riding along 288. There's a, some traffic issue on his motorcycle. He gets pinned against the barrier, the concrete barrier along 288. And it, not to be graphic, but I am, it rips his leg off. 
And to make it worse, exactly, ugh. Like, can it get worse? Yes, it gets worse. That wasn't on the main freeway. It was on the overpass. He falls off the overpass. 60 feet he falls and lands on a patrol car. A moving patrol car, thankfully not with lights on the top. And he lived. He lived. But that's the moment where you say, hmm. As you're laying on the patrol car, I'm thankful for the police. That probably wasn't his first thought. But could it get any worse? This is that moment right here. Our best friend is dead. Our, our entire life is like, what are we going to do now? We devoted our life to this mission. And it died on a cross. And now we're coming to actually do the thing that we want to do to help us work through the grief. And somebody's taken the body. Something even more terrible has happened. That's the moment. And then, and then the power of the resurrection is on full display because these two men in dazzling apparel come. Because these women, I imagine, were ready to give up all hope. They were ready just to quit, just to stop, just like our young Marine. But he's still going. And in this moment, in this moment, these two men who appear in dazzling apparel, they provide the keep going moment. The keep going. It's not over. It's not done. There's still so much more. And so they come in and what do they do? They share the thing that the women already knew. They already knew it. They already knew it. Now they're scared. They're uncertain. They're frightened. They're still in shock because the body's gone. And then these two angels appear. And these angels ask them an important question. It's a question that's true for you and me today. Why do you look for the living among the dead? If you want to be a person of life, if you want to be a person who experiences the power of the resurrection, why do we give our lives to meaningless things that are fleeting? Why do we give our thing, ourselves to things that lead to death and destruction? Why do we think putting our hope and our trust in things that are earthly and temporary will actually bring life to us? They won't. And here he's asking the question, why do you look for the living among the dead? Because he has risen. He's risen. He's risen. It was true at the tomb, and it's true right here in this moment. The power of God is on full display not 2,000 years ago. The power of God is on display right now, right here in this moment. That Jesus is alive. We don't serve a God of the dead. We serve a God of the living. Those that are things that are alive. And even Jesus told his disciples that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all lived to him. 
Like, he is about life, past, present, and future. He is about life, an abundant life, eternal life. And so our hope is in the reality of the resurrection. Even when we don't believe it, even when we doubt it, even when we've had days where we feel like we've been shot nine times, lost our teeth, and had our leg ripped off. Even when those days come, he's the God of living. He's the God who brings life. He's the God of the resurrection. Those angels remind the women, he told you this was going to happen. He told you. Think about how many times people tell you things. I say a lot around here. I have to say it a thousand times before some of you will hear it the first time. That's not ugly. That's just the truth. I have to say it a thousand times before you hear that. Do you know what we have next Saturday? Um, Yeah, so our staff member (laughs) is the one who answered. (laughs) Ten demerits for him. (laughs) We have a chili and a gumbo cook-off next week. We've said it at least three times in this room, and we've emailed it to everyone who's on our email list, uh, I think, at least three weeks in a row. But I guarantee you, next Sunday, somebody's going to come up and say, Pastor, we had a chili cook-off last week, yesterday? No, we didn't. (laughs) So, because, right? So, Jesus had the same issue. And the angels are telling them, remember. Remember what he told you. That's the beauty of Easter. We get to remember in a very specific way the power of God. We get to remember in a very specific way the love of God. We get to remember in a very specific way not just the love of God, but the love of God for you. That he loves you without condition. So today, I want you to remember that God loves you. He loves you unconditionally. No matter what you did yesterday, no matter what you're going to do this afternoon and tomorrow, he loves you and he died for you and he rose so that you could conquer sin and death. Remember that. Remember Remember that he said, just like he told the disciples at least five times, he told the disciples this is exactly what would happen. That he would be handed over to sinful men, that he would suffer, that he would die, and that he would rise again on the third day. At least five times in three years, and really about a year, he told them this exact thing. And they missed it. Until this moment. And so don't miss it today. Don't miss it. Remember how much God loves you. That he sent his one and only son. That you would have life. That you would have forgiveness. That you would experience peace. That you would have love. That you would know joy. That you would get to walk with him forever. That you would have purpose and you wouldn't have a life that's just mundane and meaningless. No, you would have purpose in all that you do for the sake and for the glory of God. 
remember that. Remember that he has risen. Because it's easy for us to forget. It's easy for us to forget the reality of God's promises. We get caught up in circumstances and life. We pay attention to what everybody else says around us. We, we watch TV. We're listening to who knows what on social media. And somehow we forget about the truth the reality of God's power, the truth of his word. And the angels on that day reaffirmed all those truths that our hope is in God because we serve a God of the living. And so what happens? These women, the light comes on, they get it. Oh yeah, we remember Jesus told us exactly all of this. Wow, he's alive. They run back They tell the other disciples, the 11, plus all those other ones that were around, maybe up to 120 people are in the mix at this point, and they don't believe them. You ever told somebody something and they didn't believe it? It was true? They're like, ah, whatever. Or they just didn't want to pay attention to you because maybe you just had your wisdom teeth out and you're talking crazy. Because that's what this phrase is, idle tale, is someone who tells a story when they're in a state of delirium or, or they're so sick that they want attention. That, that's what it is. So we've all been there where we've said some things and no one's paying attention to us because we're not in our right mind. But finally, finally Peter listens. Because maybe... Maybe they said to the disciples what the angels said to them. Remember. Remember. Remember what Jesus said? Remember what he told us? Remember how he said that he was going to be delivered to these men? How he was going to be killed? How he was going to be how he was going to suffer? How he was going to die? And then on the third day he would rise again. Do you remember that? I know that was lesson 12, but remember, remember. And so at that moment, Peter gets up and runs to the tomb. Now we know Peter didn't make it first. He left first, but he's a slow old guy. That's, that, the Bible tells us that. Because one of the other disciples actually ran with him and beat him to the tomb. <laughs> but Peter gets in first. The other disciples stopped. And Peter runs in, stoops down, and sees those burial clothes. And he just marvels. He's filled with wonder. He's filled with amazement. He's filled with the beauty of the power of God. Do you stop and pause and think about the wonder of God? The majesty, what it takes to bring someone from death to life, the power of the resurrection. And in that moment, when their lives were filled with uncertainty, with fear, because they thought they were in trouble too, their life was 
uncertain at best in that moment. We talked about that last week. Their life was unsure because if the government was against our leader, guess what? They're going to be against us. And not just the government, but you remember that scene where they said, hey, do you want Barabbas or do you want Jesus? What did they say? We want Barabbas, the criminal, send Jesus to the cross. So for all they knew, it wasn't just the leadership who was against them, not just the government, not just the religious leaders, but the people themselves were against them. And so they're afraid in this moment, and they get to the tomb, and all that goes away. And it's replaced with marvel and wonder, amazement of what God can do, of what God does. Because you and I serve a living God. We serve a living God that brings life, that brings hope, that brings wonder, that gives us purpose, that helps us keep going when all we get is bad news because we know there's a greater purpose. We know that one day we won't experience all this chaos. We'll experience peace and joy and full excitement, praise That's what we'll experience. Peter, in that moment, it wasn't fear and defeat that he experienced. No, it was hope and victory. Do you like victory? Most of us like to win. I like to win. I'm winning a lot at pickleball these days. Some in the room might debate that, but I know the truth. But victory, we we all want to experience victory. And Peter, as he walks into that tomb and he sees those linen cloths there, he knows victory. Jesus is alive. We've defeated sin and death. I have hope forever, for eternity. The resurrection is real, and I want to walk in that same victory that Peter walked in in that moment, that same wonder. I want to walk in that because I want all of us to know that Jesus lives. So today, on this Easter Sunday, I want you to remember Jesus lives. Will you pray with me?